Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Craig Pickett. Hey, welcome to the uh, the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Today I'm here with uh, Scott Ashton. Scott is the president of Corporate Service Supply and Manufacturing up in Connecticut and Long Island, New York. He is the former president of Associated Aviation Group, which was a division of Sikorsky Helicopter, and uh, the chief commercial officer of Gamma Aviation. So Scott has got a, a great background in both Part 135, business jet and helicopter operations, and now uh, the Part 145 component repair and overhaul world. Scott, what's going on in Connecticut today? Craig, Craig, thanks a lot for having me. It is, uh, it's a real thrill to be on with you today. And uh, it's beautiful weather, and uh, it's a nice crisp August uh, or October afternoon, and uh, still, uh, still celebrating the Red Sox win. Oh, my gosh. They, uh, they just, I know, I just lost half your audience. <laughs> nah, yeah, probably, but that, that's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> we've got, we'll, we'll put the three hour time delay on there so they don't hear that part. How's that? Okay. <laughs> okay, good. So all good. So, Hey, look, I mean, you, you're, you're coming at aviation from a lot of different, uh, viewpoints. You, Gamma Aviation, obviously one of the most well-known, you know, business jet operators in the, in the country. And then, uh, I was, I was up at LaGuardia airport. Uh, the other day, and I saw one of Associated uh, Air Group's aircraft uh, S76s overhead, and I thought, well, I started thinking about you, and now you got the 145. What's what's happening, and uh, what are you seeing in the in the industry today? Well, you know, Craig, I think there's a lot of creative destruction going on, um, and I say creative because I th- there's a lot of interesting business models that that really have been. Um, you know, they've been, you know, kind of mutating over the last 10 years as people have uh, tried to figure out different ways to utilize business aviation. And, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, that I was able to do pretty early in my career was I had a great experience with a little startup called Pogo Jet with the very light jets. You remember that? Absolutely. With the, uh, with the eclipses. And uh, that was a great experience. And, you know, we were trying really hard to break into the, um, you know, the air taxi space and, you know, we were probably a little bit early, but, um, you know, when, when you look at what wheels up is doing and VistaJet and some of those, you know, those other models, it, uh, you know, it's just a variation on the, uh, on the Pogo jet theme. So, you know, it's, uh, it's really great to see those guys, um, you know, out there, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, do innovative things with utilizing business jets. Um, but it's, uh, you know, operating airplanes for money is still a really challenging way to make a living. And uh, I don't think that will ever change, whether it's an airline or a business jet or a VLJ or a piston aircraft. It's just, it's, it's always going to be a challenge. So you and I were at the Corporate Jet Investor Conference last year. And everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, the great, uh, I think the great buzzwords right now are the democratization of business aviation. And I see a lot of people out there you know, saying we're going to make business aviation as inexpensive and as easy as buying a business class seat on an airliner. Yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm a little skeptical, but you've been you've been deeper into that part of the you know the operation than I have too. So, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, one of the takeaways from that conference, and and you were a big part of it. You're, you gave a great presentation on the uh, the pilot hiring hiring situation. So you see you see pilot salary pilot salaries going up higher than than they've ever been in corporate aviation. Fuel costs are steady but trending upward. Aircraft depreciation is is trending upward. The depreciation expense on the aircraft, um, maintenance costs. You know, it, with ADSB mandates and whatnot, the charter operations. You know, the, the the pricing, the yields that owners are getting, aren't going up. You know, to match costs. So that means that their spreads are being um, compressed, mm-hmm. and um, you know that that's creating, I think, a real challenge for owners and operators. You know, in the charter market. Right. You know, what, what I'd love to see some of these, some of these charter brokers and, and these platforms doing is figuring out how they can improve yields for operators, um, you know, instead of just lowering the price point, you know, but I, I don't know if you, I don't know how you do that. Well, that's what you know, my, my whole thing is. And, and look, I think Kenny Dichter is, he's a great sales guy. And I love what Wheels Up is doing, but it's still very expensive. Operating an airplane is still very expensive. Buying an airplane, you know, you're, you know, uh, I think the you know the King Air 350s are you know, six seven million dollars you know six seven million dollars now, and you know, then you're, you've got your operating expenses on top on top of them, and it's like you know, if I've got a big pizza, that pizza is going to be ten thousand calories no matter how many ways I slice it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's the analogy. I, I, I go, are we are we you know do, should we just go back to you know. Should we just go back to the world saying, hey, look, it's business aviation. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but here's the benefits of it. And well, you know, you know, you look at you, you look at uh, the traditional charter market where you charter management market where you've got an owner. And it's, I, I, I use the analogy of a vacation home. You've got an owner who's going to own that aircraft anyway. They're bearing all of the fixed expenses. And if they're able to get a contribution margin to offset their fixed expenses, they're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in, in a way, the charter customer is subsidizing the ownership costs of the aircraft. Right. And the owner of that aircraft is subsidizing the charter pricing. So, you know, they're kind of, they're subsidizing each other and, you know, the management company takes a spread in the middle. So everybody's kind of happy. But if that charter customer really had to bear the fully burdened cost of that aircraft, including the crewing costs, the training no, not not to mention the DOCs, but that fixed cost of owning, you know, a Gulfstream at you know a million to two million dollars a year, I, the, the charter would be unaffordable. Yeah, it becomes difficult. I got yeah no yeah it, the numbers just wouldn't add up, and that's you're right. Yeah, you know, and and you look at the airline industry, right? So you look, they're probably better at at fixed cost productivity than than anybody, and and they still struggle to make money. You know, so so. Yeah. So private aviation with the democratization and, you know, lowering the price point and all that, that's a, that's a real challenge. I, you know, I am on the, I'm on the advisory board of a little startup called Evolux and, you know, we're, we're toying with these ideas of ad hoc self-aggregation where group, small groups of people within a, within a network can get together and create their own ad hoc trips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of success with that, you know, and there's a lot of education that goes on behind that. And, Ray, who's the, uh, the founder, he spoke at Corporate Jet Investor too. 
And I think, you know, that's a concept to me that, um, you know, that, that really in the long term has legs because, you know, you're not, you're, you're going, you're using business aviation for its highest purpose, which is to go from, you know, an obscure location to an obscure location at a time uh, that, you know, where, where you're not served by the airlines and you're able to put a group of people who aren't flying for a common purpose. That to me is, is really, that's really using business aviation at its best. Yeah. Well, I was really, um, I was really critical when GE and, you know, when GE shut down their flight department, I was incredibly critical of GE. I said, you know, you, you don't, you know, look, I understand the, you know, I, I understand the the arguments against it. It's expensive. You know, it can be expensive. It can be um, you know, a lot of things. And you get the activist investors in, and they're looking at that, going, "Well, let's you know, it's a, it's an easy expense to whack." And I, but on the flip side, I look at it and I say, "Wait a minute. If I am a struggling company, or I'm just knocking it out of the park as a company, you know, I want my executives on the road." doing the things they need to do to be successful. And I don't want them to be beholden at, you know, the whim of American airlines and the cancellations or UP or Southwest or whatever, you know, if it costs me a million. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a little bit more charitable, uh, you know, between with, with both GE and, and uh, honestly the, the big three automakers, I know, you know, we, we, we really disparage them for, for throwing business aviation under the bus, but you know, to me, I, th- I think we're collateral damage in, in, a, in a fight for survival. And, you know, the optics are, are good. It's an, it's an easy shot to, uh, to take out the flight department. You know, and, and you can speak to an executive about all of the advantages. And, you know, yeah, business aviation is going to make my life easier. It's going to help me grow. Mm-hmm. But when you've got, you know, a congressman, you know, 25 feet from you saying, you know, you're going to shut down your flight department, right? And you're asking for billions of dollars to, yeah. you know, make payroll next week. Yeah. You know, uh, that becomes a very easy decision at that point. You deal with the fallout later, which, which, the, which the auto executives did. Right. Um, you know, we, we bear the full brunt of that. And so, you know, it's particularly sensitive to us. But, you know, I, to me, that's an expedient thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of understand why they did it. And it doesn't make sense from our perspective being business aviation professionals. But, you know, when you're fighting for the survival of the company, you know, we're, yeah. we're just collateral damage. And, uh, yeah, and it's no, very I, unfortunate, but you you're, know, that's yeah, the world we live in. Well, complete, yeah, I completely understand that. And optics is, uh, optics is everything. And, you know, I've even, you know, I've been a proponent inside the industry and in saying, hey, look, you know, you, you you open up a business and commercial aircraft magazine or a business jet flyer magazine and you see this jet out, you see this jet on the ramp with some people getting out of a, you know, uh, a Bentley and they're jumping into the jet and, and, and I'm like, you guy, and then, you, and then you're saying, Hey, look, you know, it's a, it's a business expense. And my answer to the industry is, Hey, you know, guys, your, your perceptions are everything. And if that's, you know, uh, you, you can't be, showing Ferraris and Bentleys on the ramp next to jets and then saying it's, well, it's, it's sort of a, you know, a needed, you know, the jets. Are needed. Yeah. The and jets and, needed and NBA will, NBA will tell you that the majority of passengers on private aviation are, you know, mid-level, mid-level executives or engineers or, you know, salespeople that are going to visit customers. They're not, you know, the, the, the most senior executives there, it's being used to conduct business. And that's why, 
that's why, you know, companies like, um, you know, like wheels up and, you know, what, what we were trying to do with Pogo make, make sense because it's easy to throw a, a bunch of engineers on a King air and send them to a customer in some obscure location and have them back, you know, the following day. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of corporate shuttles. I think corporate shuttles are, are fantastic. Yep. Um, no, I, you know, I, I wish more companies used them. Totally agree with you. Totally. The last time I took, uh, the last time I was on a, on a, a corporate jet, there were seven of us on a, uh, Citation Bravo. Every seat was filled. <laughs> Every seat was filled, and and you know you you think about it, you're like, wow, you know, Southwest Airlines probably would have been. It was a two hour flight, and Southwest Airlines probably probably would have been a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, it would have taken us eight hours on the airlines. Yeah, you pile seven people yeah. on the jet. It's two hours up. It's fourteen man hours on the flight versus you know fifty six, and then all of a sudden it makes uh it makes sense. So. And and I can tell you, running a you know running a, a small business myself, there is nothing that beats face to face. You know, you you can you can imp, uh, implement all of the technology you want, video conferencing, phone calls, emails. You know, my my biggest successes have always been, you know, stopping in to see somebody or or saying, hey, I'm hopping on an airplane and and I'm coming to take you out to lunch. And uh, you're you're never going to replace that with a you know, with a, with a video conference or something. No, per, you know, relationships are not built, built via telephone and video. It's, you know, handshake, face-to-face, lunches, dinners. Um, yeah. That's, that's where trust is built. And Breakfast uh, at NBAA. Exactly. You know, a corporate jet investor for that matter. You know, you, you sit there, exactly. you know, and you, yeah, you, you meet a new face, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all good, but. Um, so, yeah. so you, yeah, you, you're, you're president of a small company now. How did you find the, uh, you went from, you know, associated aviation group, you know, a division of Sikorsky helicopter to a company that is a couple million bucks in size and you're running a part 145 and yep. how'd, you, how'd you find Yeah. You know, so I've company? always been attracted to the smaller elements, even within big companies. You know, I, I worked at, uh, I worked at GE, I worked in the, uh, corporate aircraft finance business. And which was a, you know, relatively small, you know, um, tight knit pack, uh, gr- a group within, you know, the GE capital, mm-hmm. you know, enterprise and, um, uh, you know, AAG was a small, same thing it was a small company, um, within, you know, a much bigger United technologies enterprise. So I've always been attracted to the, the smaller, you know, e- even, even inside a big company, I've always been attracted to, you know, kind of the, the, the smaller, more manageable groups within, within the big companies. Um, I think, you know, just from a, a span of control from, um, you know, they've all been very operationally, you know, hardcore aviation focused. Um, and I've always been attracted to that. And now I'm, you know, I'm running a, a pretty small company as, as president and CEO. So that's, uh, I, I like running the small businesses. You've got, um, you know, most times you've have got quite a bit of autonomy. Um, and the feedback, it's, the feedback loop is very fast. When you make a decision, it, um, you, know, you, you can tell pretty quickly whether or not it's, it was the right decision and whether or not you've got to readjust. And, uh, and I like that constant set of fee, uh, sense of feedback. Um, the other thing that I've been very fortunate throughout most of my aviation career is uh, I've always worked with the top people in the industry, very, very, very good professionals. And, uh, I just, I love that. There's nothing as a leader that I like better than having a really, really, really good team. Yep. And, 
uh, I, I've been very fortunate throughout my career to work with, whether it was GE or at AAG or now some of the best people in the, in the industry. And uh, I've learned a lot from all of them. And uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you and I talked about this at breakfast a couple of weeks ago at MBAA. You know, I've run into people that have had, you know, three, $400 million P&L businesses. And I'll put an opportunity in front of them and say, it's smaller. It's $100 million. And, you know, but there's challenges. And they'll say, well, I'm already running 300, so I'm not interested in 100 because I'm taking a step back. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're really not. The money, the money is better. Uh, the money for this opportunity is probably better. And trust me, there's plenty of challenges here. Do you, do you, do you find you know, the small business absolutely keeps you busy? Oh, absolutely. Because you're, you're involved in so many different things you know, uh, uh, all at the same time. So, you know, in a small business, you don't have a staff to do your HR and your accounting and your FP&A and your advertising and marketing. You know, everything you do has your fingerprints on it. Right. Um, and, and that's that's really empowering. And, and, and honestly, from a fulfillment perspective, you know, when you go home at night and, you know, you think about what that company accomplished, you know, that, that day, you know, your fingerprints are all over it. And, and that's really, it's empowering. Um, it's a little scary at times because you're acting well outside your comfort zone in, uh, in certain cases. And, you know, you're having to learn very quickly, but you know, aviation is like that. Aviation is a very entrepreneurial enterprise. It's, it's led by entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And most of my company, most of my customers are either small companies, you know, such as us or, you know, very big, you know, the OEMs or, or the big MROs mm-hmm. um, or, you know, airlines or, or things like that. So, you know, it's a very small company. I can go into, you know, an airline customer and, you know, be treated like any other vendor, good or bad, but I'm, I can get treated like any other vendor. Right. And it, that, that ecosystem is pretty cool. You know, that's, that's, um, I, I think there's just a lot of elements of, of running an aviation business that I think are, are unique. You know, you, but you've got the same challenges of, you know, you have to have a drug program. You've got to have a repair station manual. You've got to have, a, you know, um, your tech pubs. You know, so from an overhead perspective, you know, that doesn't change. Whether you're a small company or a big company, you know, you've, you've got to have all of that. And, you know, that makes running a small company, you know, in, in aviation a real challenge. And, and, you know, whether it's a 135, 145, the uh, the overhead that it takes to run a really good aviation company is uh, is getting more and more challenging every day. Yep. No, I you think know, with, the, with the audits, with the quality systems, and, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I think those things I think those things are important. I've always been a, a big advocate of you know safety standards, and you know um, when I was running AAG, we got his BAO all the way up to stage three certifications. Um, and, and we're going to go for AS9110 uh, in, in, in my business probably next year. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big expense, you know, relative to the size of the P&L. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it, it, the industry is it's a highly regulated industry. There's a lot of moving parts. It's never easy. I don't think over the last 15 years we've really done a great job promoting the, the huge benefits that aviation brings to, you know, to our kids. Um, so, yeah, I think we're in a little bit of a, a challenged world right now. Um, you know, in consolidation, I think, you know, small companies is, 
are bringing a lot of opportunity in there to, you know, counteract the the Boeings and the consolidation and the effect. effect that's all, you know, just the nimbleness of it is fantastic. Well, it's funny, you know, I think that's part of the, of the creative destruction that's going on in the business. You know, you've got Boeing who announced that they're going to create a $50 billion services business. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, you've got small companies like us that, you know, can have better quality, better turn times, have a live person there when you answer the phone. And, you know, there, there's, there's a thousand businesses like mine that are nipping at the heels of Boeing, you know, that, that want want to eat their lunch. And, um, you know, so that's, I think that's part of what makes this business so, so interesting is that as these companies get bigger, you know, it's, it's going to create a vacuum where, you know, companies like mine are going to, are going to go fill it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I think that's pretty exciting. Look, Boeing, you know, Boeing has been down this road before, you know, they, they, you know, I know where they want to go and, and I can see their, their vision and, you know, on the flip side, their frustration that they don't have, you know, the airplanes from tip to tail from the day they sell it to the day they get it back, much like a, a car dealer would. But on the flip side, they've got so many moving parts and they're so big and so cost cumbersome. I think in five years, they'll probably want want to unwind a lot of which today they are winding up. And they'll just realize, hey, look, the little guy can be very competitive cost-wise and quality-wise. Yeah. And, and, and do it quicker and friendlier. And so, you know, the small company always, look, you know, never discount the little guy. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. Um, exactly. Hey, so you, you do a lot of advocacy. I know uh, you, you, you work with MBAA a lot. Um, AOPA, you're on the, uh, the, the airport. You're on the airport board or the museum board? Well, I'm on the, uh, well, I'm on the board of the uh, Eastern Region Helicopter Council. Okay. And, uh, you know, the, the helicopter industry has got a lot of challenges right now with, uh, with noise and, you know, the regulatory um, uh, environment, especially surrounding noise. You know, this, this latest um, FAA reauthorization had some pretty harmful, I think, um, things in there re- regarding the FAA's ability to regulate safety, taking noise into account. Um, that is going to affect not only helicopters, but I think will affect business jets and, uh, and airliners long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on the board of Eastern Region Helicopter Council. And, um, you know, we were involved uh, pretty heavily in the East Hampton litigation. So I got to work with, uh, you know, the guys at NBAA, Alex Gertson and, um, and, and Ed uh, specifically on that. And uh, NBAA was, was fantastic through that whole thing. And, um, you know, we were able to keep the airport open and, and, you know, protect it and make sure that they were abiding by the grant assurances. And, you know, that was a case that went all the way up to the, uh, to the, well, it was supposed to go to the Supreme court. They declined to hear it. So we were involved with the second circuit of New York and federal litigation. So it was pretty groundbreaking stuff and, uh, and, and really, really interesting from a, you know, from a legal perspective. Um, so I was pretty lucky to be, you know, to be involved in that. I'll bet. Now you're on patient airlift services board of directors too, or you're heavily involved with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I started out as a pilot volunteer for them several years ago and, um, got, uh, got AAG involved in doing PALS flights, uh, back and forth to the city, just had some amazing experiences with, you know, with people that are, you know, most in need of, uh, you know, of all the services that we provide, bringing them back and forth to treatments and, and whatnot. And, uh, 
got asked earlier this year to join the board and uh, it's been a, it's been a fantastic experience. Pals is a great organization. Um, we just merged with, uh, with Sky Hope. So we've got you know, kind of three legs of the stool now, which is, uh, transporting patients to and from treatments, uh, ambulatory patients. We're not air ambulance, but, uh, just transporting them back and forth to treatments. Um, we've got the Pal Sky Hope program, which is, um, Really disaster relief, um, and, and that started last year with some of the hurricane uh, things that were going uh, the hurricanes that were going on in Texas and Florida. Right. And then we also have a program called Pals for, Pati- uh, Pals for Patriots, where we take um, uh, wounded veterans, and we have a partnership with Major League B- uh, Baseball, and we transport them back and forth to baseball games. It's kind of a you know not not only to you know to say thanks for for or thank you for, for their tremendous service. But, uh, you know, as a way to, you know, make them feel, you know, make them feel, you know, that, uh, you know, forget, forget about their, 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 you know, the difficulties that they're having for at least for a couple of hours. Right. No, it's so great. It's, a, it's a, it's a great program. Really, many, really is a great program. How many, how many airplanes involved in that program? We've got about a thousand pilots, I, I think is the latest number, maybe a little bit more. Um, everything, you know, I, I fly a Cessna 172 mm-hmm. and, uh, we've got guys who fly PC 12s and, you know, a lot of owner flown, uh, private jets. So, you know, people are using whatever they have to, uh, to give back, which, you know, I think, you know, it just, it, it just shows what, a, what, uh, what great people are involved in, in aviation and, and all facets of it. Yep. Um, you know, everybody just wants to do the right thing and take the, to take the talents that they have and, you know, apply them towards making somebody's life better. And, uh, I've, I've just, I've had some amazing experiences with that, with, uh, with young kids. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you some stories that would just make you tear up. Um, but you know, you're helping somebody, you know, in, in a time of need and, you know, you're not, you're not curing them, but you know, at least for a couple of hours, you're making their life a little bit, uh, a little bit easier. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very satisfying to be able to do that. Hey, just give them back a little bit. You know, it gives you a lot. Yeah, you know, you yeah. think about you think about what you give to the patient. Um, you, you wonder it's you wonder who's uh, who's giving you know, who's helping who. Yeah, that whole thing, right? Yep. Hey, so and uh, I'm also uh, go uh, I'm, uh, God. Oh, well, I'm I'm also the last, the other thing I'm involved with uh, pretty heavily is I'm chairman of the board of the New England Air Museum uh, up in Windsor Locks. And, uh, that, that's, uh, I've been chairman seven years and, and that's just a fantastic organization. Um, you know, not, not only do, do we do the standard kind of, you know, run of the mill airplane restoration with three hangars and a hundred some odd aircraft, but, uh, we've got a fantastic STEM program that we've delivered to 35,000 kids over the last 10 years. And then, um, we've got great programming. We've got women take flight veterans, uh, voices of pride. We've got a veterans program coming up. You know, very interactive. Um, we did our strategic plan about five or six years ago, and uh, we looked at our most popular programs, and they were ones where the kids got to actually interact with people, not computers. And we've really doubled down on that philosophy. So we've got docents there every day. If you want to get into a cockpit, we've got an open cockpit most days. Um, you know, pro- programs like that, that are where you can interact with either somebody that flew the airplane, fixed it, um, was involved in it and somehow is a really, really fantastic program. And again, we've got a great staff, um, great volunteers. Uh, we've got a hundred and something volunteers and I'm very fortunate to be chairman of the, of the uh, board of directors. 
Awesome. No, I love it. Hey, so where do you see, uh, let's wrap up here with, uh, with your final mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm looking a lot about the personal aerial vehicle, the electric, uh, the electric helicopters that people are talking about where you can go from Huntington beach to downtown LA and where do you see the future aviation and you optimistic about, are you optimistic about it? I am optimistic about the future of aviation and I'll tell you why. I was at, I go to Oshkosh almost every year, uh, every year for all intents and purposes. And you walk around and there are hundreds of thousands of people there from all over the world. And, you know, kids love airplanes. People love airplanes. Air shows are, you know, among the most, you know, popular spectator sports, you know, in, in the world. Aviation is not going anywhere. We provide a tremendous value to the economy, you know, and, and you know, we add so much to people's lives. Um, you know, I encourage anybody listening to this. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a movie uh, that, called Living in the Living in the Age of Airplanes. You know, and that just it takes such a mundane thing like getting a you know a, a ro- going down to the store and getting a rose, and how that how that flower travels around the world over the course of you know, 48 hours. It's, it's, it's really incredible. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very optimistic about the future. I think we've got some major challenges. Um, you know, airports, we're losing local airports, we're losing airspace. Um, you know, if, if you can believe that, but we are, we're losing airspace to TFRs and to, you know, noise, noise restrictions and things like that. Um, you know, so aviation, I think aviation's got a, a bright future, uh, but we need young people to, to uh, we need young people in the industry. Uh, that's, that's probably our most critical thing right now is bringing young people in and, and, you know, AOPA and NBAA have really done some great things. Uh, you know, I, I just, I can't say enough about Ed Bolin and, and some of the innovative programs that they've put together with, you know, the leadership conference and the CAM program and, you know, now with the YoPro, I mean, at, at every turn, they're they're addressing issues that that uh, that we have in the in the industry. Um, but this getting kids involved in in aviation, the ones that are involved in aviation, they're like you and I. They're they're hardcore. They're never leaving. They're great. But we need more of them. And um, you know, that's the real challenge. Is isn't getting once you get them, you've got them for life. But it's getting them away from all of the other distractions and opportunities that are out there. And, you know, I tell people, you know, I mean, we have we have three or four trade schools here in, in the state of Connecticut and in New York where, you know, you can go get an A&P license. You're always going to have a job with an A&P license. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we've got it. We've got and, and the people that I talk to, they don't even know that that's an option. Right. You know, the, the, and, and so I think we need to do a we. Aviation tends to be very insular and, yep. and we do a lot of, you know, naval gazing and we really need to do a better job reaching out to people kind of outside of our sphere of influence. Um, and I think if we do that, we'll, we'll be successful because there is a, there is a certain draw about aviation that uh, will always be there. Yep. No, I got you. So you're the president and CEO of corporate corporate service supply and manufacturing. What components do you guys focus on? We'll give you we'll anything. It, 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 we I, any class one, two, and three accessory. Um, so we primarily focus on starter generators, generator control units, lighting, um, skid control units, uh, tank mounted fuel boost pumps. 
you know, so really all of the electromechanical, electrical components uh, on an aircraft. Awesome. And, um, you know, we've got an unlimited 145, a great crew. And uh, I'm very proud of the company, even though I've only been there a short period of time. I'm, I've, uh, I inherited a very, very great team and, uh, you know, very proud of it. And what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and then our website is CSSMFGINC.com. And that's, you know, Twitter, all of the social media is also the same thing. CSSMFGINC. Awesome. That's cool. Hey, Scott, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on today. Um, really enjoyed the, uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Let's, uh, let's do it again. We come back to you in a couple months. I want to hear how you're doing, uh, in the current role. Fantastic. And uh, I really enjoy that. And, And Craig, I can't say enough about what you're doing. I think this discussion about leadership and what's going on in the industry is, uh, is a discussion that really we need to have. And, uh, you know, I, I gave a presentation at um, APSI uh, two years ago, the Aviation Professionals Sharing Information. Mm-hmm. And careers, you know, the, the, there's not, it's not really a linear career progression in aviation the way it is, say, in accounting or whatever, where you go from being, you know, a junior accountant to a senior accountant to a controller to a CFO. You know, the careers in aviation are so nonlinear that uh, I think what, what you're doing and getting people to think about leadership and how they manage their careers and, and, you know, creating role models for the, you know, especially for people starting out in the industry is really important. And, and I applaud you for it. No, I appreciate that. Well, let's, uh, let's come back again in a couple months and uh, let's do this all over. We'll, uh, we'll pick, we'll pick some more cool topics to talk about. Super. Thanks a lot, Craig. Craig.